Hi, welcome to the episode uh, 480 of the Fantastic Forecast. I'm Dave Elliott, and I asked my dad if he wanted to listen to this podcast, and he said he doesn't want to listen to me talk about, you know, anything. Today it's Fantastic Four, Volume 3, Number 51, a.k.a. Fantastic Four, 480, from March 2002. Eye of the Beholder, plot by Carlos Pacheco and Rafael Marin, dialogue by Carl Kessel, and art by Mark Bagley. So the issue begins with a group of explorers on an expedition which, which appears to be in the Himalayas. And there are journal entries from 1942 from Eric Jagger discussing the beauty of the mountains, the dangers of the snow and ice, the frostbite and other problems faced by the team as they hike through the mountains. But right in the middle of it all, they find this oasis in a valley, a great refuge, if you will, with trees and warm air and a small village of people who warmly welcome the explorers. But Eric Jagar starts to notice some odd things about the villagers. One girl has a nictitating membrane over her eyes, like a secondary eyelid that you see on some animals. And he notices some kids using powers like telekinesis and fire-making abilities. And then, of course, there are people with wings. You can't forget, you can't not notice people with wings. That'll get your attention. So anyway, Captain Jagar starts to freak out. He pulls out his gun. He starts shooting some villagers. And his men follow suit. They start gunning down everyone in the village, at least all the adults. The only people left are the children in the village. And Captain Jagar plans to take them back with him to Germany to the Führer, thinking that the kids would be trainable and would learn to follow orders and serve the Third Reich. Back in the present in New York City, Reed and Sue are driving along with Franklin in their car, like a real car. This may be the first time I've ever seen Reed driving a normal car. They cross the bridge, and they're heading off into the country to take Franklin to his first day of school. My first thought is, Franklin hasn't started school yet. He has. But up to this point, they've been homeschooling him. Reed stretches his face to change his appearance. They're going to pose as the Franklin family again, kind of like they did back in the 1980s when John Byrne was on the book. And they're taking their son, Richard Franklin, to this big mansion, which is home to the fancy Stern Academy. Susan tells Franklin to think of it as Hogwarts, only without the magic. Franklin says that sounds boring. Reed and Sue have a lot of money. I'm sure they could afford to send him to an actual school of witchcraft and wizardry if they wanted to. Susan, by the way, is not wearing a disguise at all. So I'm not sure why the headmaster doesn't recognize her when they come in. And, considering how famous the Richards are, you would think that Franklin would be recognizable to the general public as well. They take him to class to meet his new teacher, Miss Candy, and his fellow students. Franklin jokingly asks, Quidditch anyone? This must be really nerve-wracking for Franklin, since he's got to be like seven or eight years old, and he's never socialized with kids his own age. Really, the only time he ever spent time with other kids was when he was a member of Power Pack, briefly, who were kids a little bit older than him. Later on the way home, Sue and Reed are debating whether or not they're doing the right thing. He's only seven. I, I was close with that guess I said earlier. I thought he was seven or eight. So they said he's only seven, but Reed says 
He's saved the universe a few times already. Franklin can handle a boarding school. Wow. So first they leave him in an alternate dimension for a couple of years, and now it's off to boarding school. They really don't want to have that little bastard around anymore, do they? We also learn that Sue was using a disguise. She said that using her powers, she made some of her hair transparent. This is this is the worst disguise ever. Worse than Clark Kent wearing glasses. Shorter hair? That's a disguise? If you saw someone you knew only with shorter hair, you would still recognize him or her, like, every time. So next, they notice something in the sky, like it might be some kind of spaceship. A guy pops up on the video communicator. Reed addresses him as Mr. Secretary. Of defense, I guess? It's not Colin Powell, that's for sure. But anyway, he tells Reed an unknown spacecraft has contacted the United Nations requesting permission to land using the Fantastic Four's entry code. Reed tells the guy that they're tracking the ship's trajectory and they'll meet it when it lands, and then it turns out this is not an ordinary car. It starts to fly. What did Reed steal it from S.H.I.E.L.D.? Back in New York, Ben Grimm, in his human form, is out on a date with a woman named Kathleen. Run, Kathleen, run. He'll only break your heart and your car and every piece of furniture in your apartment. The flying car comes by and Sue picks Ben up in a force field. He says goodbye to Kathleen and he turns into the thing. They get to the ship as it's landing near the United Nations building. The door opens and guess who comes out? It's the royal family of the Inhumans. Black Bolt, Medusa, Karnak, Triton, and Gorgon. Medusa says that they come in peace, and that Black Bolt is the former king of their race, and they would like to petition the United Nations for asylum for a small band of inhumans. She mentions that she's a former member of the Fantastic Four to let them know that she's on the up and up. And just then, another ship shows up and starts shooting lasers at them, blowing up their ship. A group of weird freaks teleport down from the other ship, a group calling themselves Sandor's Hunters, who are hunting the inhumans calling them vicious terrorists. The group includes Cordon, Muda, Mr., Linga, and their leader, Sandor. But, so they attack, but it's clobbering time as Ben and the FF leap in to help. After a few pages, it becomes apparent that the Sandor's hunters are getting their asses kicked. Sandor orders Cordon to teleport them back to the ship, but Cordon tells them that Mr. is out of range. And Sandor says to go ahead and leave him behind. So Cordon teleports most of them back to the ship, leaving Mr. behind. But Mr. is a shapeshifter, and he disguises himself as a piece of rubble. Sandor's ship flies up and out of the atmosphere, but it comes across a satellite controlled by the U.S. military. It's the anti-alien defense satellite, and it shoots the ship with a laser and destroys it. Back on Earth... Mr. is posing as a human male now and running down an alley, but he comes across a couple of armored guardsmen who blast him, knocking him out. Back at FF headquarters, Medusa explains that there is an intergalactic bounty on their heads. Ben says that if it's because of overdue library books, they better pay up or they'll never know a moment's peace. Medusa explains that Ronan the Accuser ordered them to assassinate Lalandra, the leader of the Shi'ar, but they refused. So Ronan did the job himself. But later, 
they learned that Ronan only killed a decoy of Lalandra. So Ronan and Black Bolt ended up fighting, and Ronan was defeated, but the people of the Inhumans turned against Black Bolt and deposed him, and exiled him from their civilization, and there's no footnotes on any of this, so I don't know what other comic books this took, took place in, or if it's all been mentioned here in this comic for the first time. Reed says he's contacted someone who can help. Just then, Crystal and Lockjaw teleport into the room, and her family is super excited to see her. Crystal is also happy to see that Sue is pregnant. I guess she's hoping that she'll get to be a member of the FF again. Ugh. She better not get her hopes up. That did not turn out too well the last time she was a member. And by the way, if Sue is so pregnant, why hasn't she taken a break from the team? Like she did back in the 1960s when she was pregnant with Franklin. Crystal asks where Johnny is, which is a good question considering that the cover of this issue is a picture of Johnny flying by Fantastic Four headquarters. Looks like we're moving into the era where comic book covers have nothing to do with the interiors of the comic, which is a trend that drives me crazy. We do see Johnny in a brief scene on the set of the Blazing Star movie, dressed up like the Rawhide Kid. And it does look like he's ready to spend some time in a pup tent with Ennis Del Mar. They tell him that filming starts in 15 minutes, but he seems nervous. And back with the guardsmen, they're at a prison, the vault, with their new prisoner, Mr., who wakes up wearing a power inhibitor to keep him in line. The man, a man and a woman from the military come in and ask Mr. why they were hunting the Inhumans. And he says that Black Bolt tried to kill the Empress of the Shi'ar, and the Inhuman royal family fought off the Imperial Guard to help Black Bolt escape. And the Shi'ar Empire offered a reward for their capture. He tells them that only he and his teammates know that the Inhuman royal family are on Earth, the military folks and guardsmen leave the room. The lady expresses concern that Mr. could contact more of his people, so she sends the guardsmen back in to kill Mr. The lady grins as we see that she has that nictitating membrane over her eyes like the girl at the beginning of the issue. So obviously, she's some kind of Nazi bitch that has infiltrated the American military. And that is the end of the issue. Which... Seems like a promising beginning to a new story. I am interested in finding out what happened to those kids that were raised by the Nazis. I'm a little less interested in this subplot with the Rawhide Kid movie, and I don't know what to think about the Stern Academy. I don't remember this at all. Is this setting up a story, or is it some kind of another way to get rid of Franklin out of the book for a while? I don't remember. So if you have any questions about the Fantastic Four, about this podcast, or if you need relationship advice, you can email me at podcastff at gmail.com. I'll try to get to it. I mean, I have so many emails. I will try to respond if I can. You can download other episodes of iTunes or find them all at www.podcastff.podbean.com. So long, kids. This podcast is over. Took a trip on the Gemini spacecraft. Thought about you. I passed through the shadow of Jupiter and I thought about you. I shot my space gun 
Parked under the stars. Why?